our foster care system is shattered. And this podcast is about how we as a community can come together to bring about change, change in the system and changing the lives of children in foster care. Hi, my name is Rob Shear. I'm the founder of a national charity called Comfort Cases. I'm an advocate for children in foster care. I'm a public speaker. I'm an author of a forever family, but most important, I'm a dad to five of the most amazing kids. Welcome to the Fostering Change Podcast. You know, it's hard to believe that this year is almost flown by. You know, we've come out of a pandemic. Um, Most of us have come out on the other side um, and we're happy about that. We're happy that we have normalcy. But the one thing that I will have to tell you as this podcast has been going on is that I haven't seen a lot of normalcy in the foster care system. I have still seen the same thing that I saw two years ago, five years ago, 20 years ago, and 30 years ago. And that is children within our system are our forgotten kids. They are our children who are invisible and they do truly feel disposable. You know, I am so excited to have my next guest on. You know, I was able to meet Dave and he is a character and you'll see that real soon, but the passion that he has to make change within our system is exactly what we need. You know, I say this quite often to people. When you look into the eyes of a child in foster care, you truly see your future, your future. And the reason for that is because they are our future. And if we do not invest in them today, not to worry, my friends, you will invest in them tomorrow. So without any more words, Dave, I'd like to welcome you to Fostering Change. Yeah, Rob, thank you. I appreciate you uh, inviting me over here. Thank you to you and your crew for being awesome, being professional and uh, being just so amazing. Just so amazing. And I mean, wow. that. no, you're amazing, dude. And actually, let's tell everybody where you are. You're actually right now having this podcast where <sighs> uh, I am retired uh, in Greece, semi retired in Greece. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you and I both have a little bit of the same kind of a background. Okay. Um, yes. And I think that's one of the reasons why I call you my brother, um, because not only did we experience the system, but you went in the military just like I did, you know, yep. Um, yep. and, you yep. know, and I will say this, the military is not for everybody, but I will say it saved my life. Um saved my life. So, you know, Dave, before we get into exactly what I think is so important, and that is mentoring um, our youth of today, give me a little bit about your background. Oh, a little bit? Okay. That's hard to do. As much as you want, my friend. (laughs) So look, uh, Rob and to everyone listening, I I grew up um, in juvenile detention, foster homes, group homes, uh, boys' homes, boys' camps, all over San Bernardino and L.A. County. Um, I can't even count the number of beds that I had to sleep in. Can't, I, I, not even, no joke, no exaggeration. I can't even count it. I, dozens, not not just a dozen, dozens, dozens upon dozens. Um, so a little bit of background to that is uh, my first arrest 
was for armed robbery when I was 11 years old. 11 years old, 11 year old kid running around with a gun trying to rob somebody. So that kind of paints a picture of what my destiny, and I'll, I'll define destiny in a little bit, but what my destiny was to become, right? You, 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 most of us, you know, uh, don't make it out of the system. Don't recover from armed robbery at 11 years old. But it's not like I was born into armed robbery, right? It wasn't like I was born into running around stealing from Kmart and doing all the bad stuff and fighting and all of this. That's not what I was born to do, right? But that's what I was in. That's just what happened. That was my destiny, right? And so we don't get to pick and choose who our parents are. We don't get to pick and choose what our skin complexion is. We don't get to pick and choose who our brothers or sisters, what country. And so I talk a lot about pride when I'm doing motivational speeches and, and mentoring and all of this stuff. I talk about pride and being proud of something. Proud to be an American. I served 24 years in the Air Force. I'm not proud to be an American. Proud to be black, proud to be Puerto Rican, proud to be white. What are, why are you proud over the things that you had no agency over? Wow. I'm proud that I've impacted thousands of mentors and at-risk youth. I'm proud of that. I'm proud of myself that I worked so hard, so hard to recover from all the bad stuff that my destiny left me. Wow. You feel me? Do you feel me, Rob? I, well, so first of all, I, you know, I have not heard that. And, you know, and listening to you say, you, you know, you are right. I, I should be proud for where I came from and where I'm at today. And oh. I never thought about that. You, uh, that's the one thing that you have to be proud of. Not should, have to be proud of, right? Come on. You made it out. It was through a lot of stuff. It was some luck. It was people. It was this, that, circumstance. Get it. I got it. Right. Good. But you made choices. I made the choice to be mentored by two people that were absolutely amazing that saved my life. My guardian litem, my gal, right? A corner-pointed special advocate. You know what that is. And um, my martial arts instructor, Sensei Otto Johnson. So my court-appointed special advocate was in the Air Force, Ron Barnick. And, and what a, a gal is, a court-appointed special advocate, Akasa, it, it's a, a person that volunteers to basically kind of be a mentor and go in between the court and the child and kind of advocate for the child in a positive way to the court, to the system, to the social workers and all of that. Ron Barnick was in the Air Force. He would invite me over to his house. He didn't have to, that was, that was a choice of his. It wasn't in the contract for him when he became a gal, invite Dave over to your house. He said, maybe something here, something in my house, interacting with my kids, interacting with my space, something here will, create something bigger and it did it did seeing little things around his house little trinkets little things from japan from india from china and i'd go here's this little kid from la right what is that where 
what? Oh my good, from Italy? What, where's Italy? And he had a globe, Rob, he had a globe that spun around about that big. And I would spin the globe around and then I stop it. And nine times out of 10, well, actually seven times out of 10, since the earth is 70% water, it would land on water. <laughs> but <laughs> that's a joke. It's a slow one, but get it. Um, so, so, you know, I'd spin it and I'd go, where, Ron, where is this? Oh, Italy is in Europe. You have something from Italy? Yeah, look, come over here. It sparked me to join the Air Force. I was so determined to join the Air Force because of Rob and the things he had from the Air Force touring around the world. That little, he didn't intend to do that. He didn't know that that was gonna happen. So my point is, if you're a mentor, if you're a guardian, if you're a parent, if you're anyone that's interacting with kids, understand that everything you do can have an impact, positive and negative, right? So I'll go over to negative a little bit. My mom was a drunk, unfortunately. My dad beat the hell out of me and my mom all the time, my stepfather rather. I never knew my dad. Come to find out I was a rape baby, right? I was, I was supposed to be aborted. My grandmother told my mom, hey, you can't abort this kid. I didn't know these things, right? But I, that, that was my destiny. That, it was just what I was born into. Unfortunately or fortunately, I wouldn't change a thing. Unfortunately, unfortunately, there's a lot of kids in that system, in that environment, going through that I would want to change it for them. I don't want them to go. That's why I do what I do. I don't want them to go through what I went through. I don't, I refuse to let them. That's why you do what you do, Rob, is because some, you don't want them carrying trash bags from one place to another. You know, I, I have to go back to your CASA worker because yeah. um, I, I've, I'm very lucky. I have lots of CASAs that have been on my show. And, you know, they are the heroes that we do not hear about, you mm -hmm. know. And I want people to remember what you said, Dave, is that they are volunteers. Volunteers. Yes. These court-appointed special advocates are volunteers. But this is my problem. And so, and I speak vocally about this because we need change. I found out about two years ago, and I didn't even know this, and I thought I, could, I was shocked that a CASA worker um, who builds this relationship with this child, and by the way, we all know that foster care is about ripping relationships apart. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no, there's no sense of foundation to build it. It's ripping it. So here yeah. the CASA worker is. So the judge comes in, the judge says, you know what? Because not all kids get CASA workers, by the way. So the judge yeah. comes in and says, this particular young boy or girl, I feel needs a CASA. So they go in, they assign this CASA. This CASA goes, visits this child. They start to build this relationship because that's what it's about. Building trust, building the fact that I'm in your corner. I'm your person. This child's in the system two years, mind you. Two years, mm -hmm. two years in and out of different homes. But guess what? Guess what the one foundation is? The CASA. The CASA mm -hmm. stays as they go. The day that child is reunified with the parents, which, by the way, I believe in reunification. The CASA mm -hmm. worker is not allowed to speak to the child ever again. Bye bye. Can yeah. you explain to Ridiculous. me? Ridiculous. How is that helping? 
It's not. It's ridiculous. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. The, the, you you sparked uh, something that, that I didn't think about. That's the one consistent thing in that kid's life, in that child's life, is is the casa. If if he he or she's appointed a casa, that casa, unless they give up on the kid, I had a couple that gave up on me. I, I don't blame them, right? It you know a lot of times we feel uh we we feel so drawn to do something, but it, it's out of our scope of ability, right? And so there's nothing wrong with trying at all. Unfortunately, I was out of the scope of ability for, for a couple of casas that they they went, look, you know, and I was, a, I mean, I was a bad kid. I was really bad, you know, fighting all the time. And Mind you, there's no such yeah. thing as a bad kid. Yeah, you keep saying that. To be redirected. <laughs> Somebody needed to redirect you, okay? Yeah, yeah, that's true, that's true. So look, so, so Ron Barnick, my casa, saved my life. And so if I could leave anything with anyone is, is it, it, no matter what your role is in a child's life, is everything you do has an impact. It can be unbeknownst to you, unbeknownst. It could be something that you find trivial. I found the trinkets that I now have from all over the world, right? I now have these things in my house from my personal experiences, which is amazing. And it's because of Ron, a casa, a gal. You know, I just did a speech for uh, one, one casa organization. And um, and so it sparked me to go, you know what? I want to reach out to a bunch of them, a bunch of them to come on and try to, try to spark one, um, just light a fire, right? Because gals, gals um, that's a hard job. That's all. I, I had a martial arts mentoring program for at-risk youth. I understand the percent of kids that are going to be okay. And it could be very hard on someone that's working with a young person to see that person get locked up, to see that person die. I've had kids get shot. And you go, wait a minute, Trevor was here yesterday in my school. And he went back to a group home and between the last 13, 14 hours, he's dead. I've had kids kill themselves, commit suicide. So my point is, it, look, this is, this is unfortunate, but it happens. So we can't, what, what do we do? You know, we can't just like, you know, crawl up into a corner and go, well, this is so sad. No, we have to help the people that are out there trying to help the kids, right? I can't help every kid. I can't, right? Especially if I'm sitting in Greece, but I certainly can help casas. I certainly can help big, big brothers and big sisters. I got a meeting with somebody over there tomorrow. And, and so that's my goal is to try to help people that are helping the youth because they need motivation. They need tools. I call it tools and a toolkit, right? And I had two casas that gave up on me because they didn't have the right tools in the toolkit. They didn't know what to pull out. It's not their fault. They just didn't have the training. They didn't have the experience to go, this kid needs a hug tool, right? I had a lot of them try to give me a hug tool. I don't want a hug from you, buddy, stranger, guy that looks nothing like me, right? I don't want you to hug me. I didn't know what love is, Rob. Love, what the hell? What is love to somebody that never experienced it? True. Think, think about that. Yeah. We're trying to give hugs to kids that 
were ripped away from their families that perhaps never had a comforting family, never had a hug from mom or dad, right? In my case, I never had a hug from mom that I could remember. And I certainly said that the other day. I, I was actually doing an interview the other day and I was thinking to myself and I said it out loud. I said, I don't remember my mother ever hugging me. You know, I don't remember. Yes. Yes. You know, I mean, I'm going to be 55 this year. And I'm like, I don't remember in the 12 years that I was in her care, which by the time mm -hmm. I wasn't in her care most of the time anyway. Yeah. I don't yeah. remember a hug. So imagine, imagine if you don't learn that it's not like that's a, a, a just an innate thing, right? It's not like uh, it, a lot of times strangers would try to hug me, right? That meant well, they they loved me, they cared about me, they wanted to see me succeed. Oh, come here, Dick. hey, whoa, what is this thing? What is this emotion? I was void of that. Yeah. I, I didn't know what that was and I didn't want it from you, yeah. right? But see, then and I so went to a foster family that didn't show affection. That, mm. you know, I mean, that just wasn't something that was shown. I mean, mm -hmm. even to their own biological children. I mean, there was mm -hmm. no, mm -hmm. I, there was no affection in the house. And so, yeah. you know, all of a sudden, you know, I become an adult and I go into these really bad relationships because I never saw what a healthy relationship was. Um, yeah. And thank gosh for all the therapy I've had and have had, you know, the most amazing human in my life for 16 years because he actually taught me what a healthy relationship was because I didn't know, you know, and can you imagine yeah. all these kids who don't know? Yeah, I, absolutely. Look, I was married for 12 years and I thought, fighting, physically fighting each other was normal. Yeah. That's what, that's what couples did. I mean, that, I saw my mom beat my dad. I, I got beat by my dad all the time. So it's kind of like, well, when you lose your temper, it's okay to hit each other, right? No, it's not. But this is not, look, it's not innate stuff. This is learned behavior, unfortunately. So, you know, if, if I could help, if I could help people, mentors and people that are working with youth, Put the right tools in the tool bag, right? Stop taking out the hug tool, right? Take out the, hey, let's go for a walk tool, you know, and know when to take it out. Yeah. It, but no, it, we, I all agree. Well. I agree. we all mean well. We all mean well. We mean well. I have an analogy in the book. And so I'm going to plug my book. Oh, um, yeah. I have, an, fun. <laughs> I, have, I have an analogy in here about uh, about feeding, uh, feeding a turtle. So there was a kid that... Uh, brought home a pet turtle. You heard this before, or did you read it in the book? <laughs> I, but I want our yeah. listeners, I want yeah. our viewers to yeah. hear this. So I, please, please, please. So I wish I had it right in front of me, but anyways, I'm going to summarize. I had it, uh, there's a kid, brought home a turtle. And he loved this turtle. He was like all excited about the turtle. So he has the turtle in the room. He's playing with the turtle, petting the turtle. He says, okay, it's probably time for the turtle to eat and drink something, right? So it brings the turtle some water and some meat, right? A little slice of some, some, some uh, ham or something. And then the next day he comes home from school. Where's my turtle at turtle here? Oh, I love this turtle here. Okay, I'm done playing. I'm gonna give you some meat and some water. Ha, third day comes, he comes back from school, all excited again, the newness of having a turtle, a pet turtle, all his own. He comes in, plays with the turtle, Ooh, turtle, turtle. I love this turtle. Okay, let me feed the turtle, give you some water and a little slice of meat. Okay, fourth day comes around, he comes home, Ah, I'm still excited. The newness of having a turtle is still exciting him. He's like, I 
I have a pet turtle. He goes into the room, he goes towards the turtle and the turtle's dead. And he's like, oh my gosh, losing it, lost his mind. Why did my turtle die? Turtles don't eat meat. This is not a vegan thing. Yeah. Hold on. Let me let me give everyone the premise behind that. If you don't know how to take out the right tool and give it to the person that needs that tool, they can't receive it. Right? If you're force feeding a hug and that person doesn't need or want a hug, guess what? No matter how well-intentioned you are, it doesn't matter. We want results, Rob. Well, I, I, all I want is results, okay? How we get there is muddy. Oh, I don't care. I want results. I want kids to not go through what I went through. I want kids to grow up healthy. I want kids to not be incarcerated once they turn 18 because they have no place to go, no skills, no tools, right? That's what I want. I want end results. Yeah. No, and I agree. I agree. Listen, we're going to have to take a quick break. Um, everyone, I, I told you, um, my friend Dave, you you thought my energy level's always been high. Um, this is this is amazing conversation. And, you know, one of the things, Dave, I say it quite often is how we bring change is doing what you and I are doing right now. And that's talking about it. You made the comment about crawling into the corner and saying, oh, but you know what? The problem is people aren't talking about it and we mm. need to talk about it. And, and, and hearing you say, you know, using that toolbox, you know, I, I, I remember that when you and I spoke before, and I want people to understand that, you know, when we come back, we're going to talk about mentoring. We're going to talk about how you all can make a difference in a child's life. And again, as I say it all the time, these kids don't belong to you. They don't belong to me. They belong to us, to hmm. us. We'll be right back. This episode of Fostering Change is sponsored by Comfort Cases, a national nonprofit that is inspiring our communities to bring dignity and hope to youth in foster care. You know, for just $10 a month, you can support the Comfort Cases mission to eliminate trash bags from the foster care system. For every $10 donated, a Comfort XL duffel bag will be given to a child entering foster care. Please help us be part of the change. Go to comfortcases.org and see how you can help a child entering our foster care system. So we're back for this amazing second half, and I am so excited to have my friend Dave Armstrong here. He is actually the author of Why Me? Um, you know what? I actually thought that many, many times, Dave. I, you know, I remember as a kid, especially when I became homeless, when I was a senior in high school and I was homeless living on the streets, trying to go to school, trying to make sure people didn't beat the shit out of me because I was homeless. But I remember um, always looking in the mirror at the bathroom that I happened to sleep in that night. And I would be like, why me? You know, why, why did I deserve this when, you know, Johnny down the streets driving the new car, mom and dad bought them, but why mm. me? But something you said in the first half, um, you know, I won't think I would change anything because it's who I am today is the why me. Yep. 
That's that. That's the point of the book. It's not like, oh, boo-hoo, why me? Look, I would not change a single solitary thing of my past because I'm pretty okay. I turned out, I'm the statistical anomaly. I know that, right? So I wouldn't change anything. I've been able to help thousands. Why would I change that? And they've gone on to help others, to have families that are productive. I get messages all the time. Yeah. How would I change that? I wouldn't change that. Not for all the money in the world. But, oh my you goodness. know, the, the fact is, you know, I'm the youngest of 10 kids. And my brothers and sisters, they, they fall to the wayside. And I see the statistics of kids. You know, here, only 54% of kids in foster care graduate from high school. Only 50. From high school. From high school. From high school. Talk about to talk about getting a degree. Oh, a college degree. Three percent. Three percent. Three percent. You know. It. I still think, and you know, I think that so much of this comes down to what we said earlier. It's mentoring. It's mm -hmm. mentoring. You know, and this is something that I don't think we understand as a whole. And you and I, we get it, but I think more people need to realize we've got to stop waiting for a child to be 16 and 17 and then start mentoring. So you bring them in the system at the age of 10, 11, they flounder around, and then all of a, all of a sudden you're they're 17 and you're like, oh crap, they're gonna age out soon. We need to start mentoring. Guess what? They're already pissed off by that. They're already yeah. at a state in their mind that they just want the man away from them. I think we need to start mentoring at a younger age. Yeah, I think that um, I think that he, just if you're okay in your life, if you're over your own baggage, a lot of people have baggage. Life is not easy for a lot of people, millions of people, billions of people. They're not okay. But if you're at a point where you're you're pretty okay, maybe not a hundred percent, but you're pretty okay, I would employ you to go and volunteer somewhere. Not necessarily. It, look, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably have a heart for youth. Go and do something with youth, but do something that you just feel like some innate desire to go do. If it's, you know, uh, down at the soup kitchen, if it's giving money to the homeless, if it, whatever, whatever, it, there's just a million things that you can go do. You have to do though. It, it, it takes action. You can't sit at home and not do. And, and I feel, look, I'll share with you, Rob. I, I retired um, back in 2017, moved to Greece, and for two years, I just hung out. I sat at the beach. I played PlayStation that I love, uh, hung out with friends, traveled. I didn't do anything. I just said, I'm cool. Sold my martial arts schools, retired from the Air Force. I'm good, okay? I earned this. I've done a lot. I helped a lot. I'm good. Two years was too much. I felt guilty. Why did I feel guilty? Because I have so much to give. Maybe, maybe somebody listening doesn't have so much to give. That's good, right? I don't want you to have all of this experience that me and Rob had. I don't want that for you. But what you do have is your time and energy to give. That is what I tell people all the time. We have the most valuable thing in the world, each of us. 
Each of us, doesn't matter how much money is in our bank account. We have the most valuable thing in the world, and that is our time. Yes. That is our time. Yes. And by the way, I said this earlier to my producers as we were preparing for another show. I said, nobody's too busy to take a little bit of cut of your time out to make sure another person's life is better. I'm serious. And I'm like you. I don't care what you do. Just be a doer. Be a doer. You know, whether it's a soup kitchen, maybe you want to go help kids who are at a horse camp or maybe, you know, whatever. So with my five kids, their dads have a nonprofit. So having comfort cases, most people are like, oh, your kids come to comfort cases all the time and pack cases. I'm like, no. And they're like, what? And I was like, no, I was like, I have two kids out of the five that love to come to the center and pack cases. My other children, they have other interests. You know, they want to feed the homeless. My daughter wants to go to therapeutic camp and help children who, who are autistic. Each mm-hmm. of my kids are different. And so what I, what I remind them and what I remind our listeners and our viewers, just be a doer. Just be a yeah. doer, you know? Yeah. That is exactly how the world goes around is being a doer. So listen, your book, um, Why Me? How do people get it? Uh, They don't. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) 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 It's all mine. You cannot have it. No. Uh, Go to Amazon. Why Me? uh, By Dave Armstrong, David Armstrong. Uh, It's not whiny, whiny, why me? There's some not just... Uh, good information in here for kids, uh, for adults. It, there's some uh, there's some really tangible stuff that I, I, I left these bold. You remember reading this stuff in bold um, between each uh, each section of the book that I wanted people to, to get something tangible from, right? I want you to be able to apply this stuff in your life, like the analogy with the turtle, right? And so if you think about a, that analogy and you go, Man, I read this book and Dave said that if I'm trying to, to do something, no matter what what the intention behind it is, if it's the wrong something, the result is not going to be what I expected to be. Right. And so I try to leave that with the readers and man, it's doing so well. It got accepted at Walmart. It's at Walmart. <laughs> I so, love it. Yeah. I love it. Why <laughs> me? Uh, Barnes and Noble, Amazon, Walmart, Kindle. Uh, and if you go to whyme.world, okay, all my domains are .world because I, I believe in the world. I want to impact the world, not, not just one little place. I want to impact the world. So whyme.world, you can uh, read about me. You can order the book there. But, um, yeah, it's available everywhere, apparently. You have to do the audio book, my friend. I'm telling you. I, I do. I, my uh, manager keeps telling me that, and um, I, I do. I'm trying to juggle between life coaching, mentoring, uh, public speaking, and uh, and now I'm taking on two more things with with trying to get a hold of some casas and big brothers and big sisters to tr- really just try to, to make a, a huge impact. So before we start to, to wind this out, I want to know about the pe- Parenting and Mentoring Teen Summit that you're getting ready to do. I just did it. You just I did just it. did. I just okay. did one. So I did the second quarterly one. I committed to doing this quarterly, right? It's 100% free. And what I'm doing is I'm getting people that um, have the, the passion, the skill set, and the heart to, to mentor 
uh, kids, right? And so I had the last one, uh, if you go to summitevents.world, S-U-M-M-I-T-E-V-E-N-T-S dot world, um, you'll see, uh, I, you'll see the, the last summit lineup, right? The, the summits I take off air and then I'll bring it back on. I'm trying to make sure that I drive traffic and, and do the right thing by, by my marketing guy, right? But I also want to, to be able to get people in there. So it's not always on the website, but you can certainly sign up. You, have, you can get a lifetime access to all summits for like 17 bucks, right? It's, it's nothing, right? It's nothing. And we bring on experts. And, and the last one I had, I, look, something that I've never thought about human trafficking and teens. I never, that's never- 80%, I, 80% I, Dave. I was, Rob, I, I was I was beside myself. I had never thought about that's not, you know, I'm into the the, the kids that are uh, not into, but I, 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 what I kind of focus on are areas that, that I already know, right? I, I, you don't, if you don't know, you don't know. And so I never thought about the human trafficking rate and how how many teens just get kind of pulled into that? They do. And so I had I had Bella Levy on, and she's an amazing speaker, and she and she's Miss uh, Maryland runner up, uh, first runner up uh, last year. And, you know, that's and so, my home. I'm Maryland, so I know. I know, you. I know, yes, I, I know. know. And and so Bella talked and educated. So that's the premise behind these summits is education. I want people to leave with tangible things. So when I bring uh, guests on to speak, I say, look, I, uh, you know, if you're a great motivational speaker or whatever, that's great. But I, you got to have three tangible takeaways, tangible. They got to be able to implement this stuff. And then it's, it's all free. I don't let people upsell. I don't, I don't try to, you know, try to pull people into to buying stuff. Uh, yeah, there's enough of that. And I do some of that with my with my programs and, and everything that I'm selling. But I, I also know how how much good these summits can do. Yeah. So it, it was a struggle. It's just starting. And hopefully when people are listening to this, uh, they're going to go look at summitevents.world and they're going to sign up for the next summit because we're bringing it. We're bringing yeah. it. Well, let me tell you something. We are definitely going to have all of your information so people can contact you. Um, people can get to your website. I want people to purchase your book because I'm telling you, it is something, it's an easy read. And it is something that, you know, whether you are affected by the system or not, there is a takeaway. And that is something that I always thrive to, to make sure that our guests, there is a takeaway. You don't have to be a affected by the system. You don't have to be a part of the system. You don't have to have your every day, the life of the system like you and I have put our life in. But the fact yep. is, is there is a takeaway from each and every one of this. Dave, you, Absolutely. my friend, <laughs> have rocked this show. I cannot- I appreciate that. Hopefully we can we can put these in the comfort cases along with, with David's Along with David Soap, right? Because yes. I, I list, I just you just dropped that episode, and I was just wow, yeah. soap, yeah. soap, soap. Never soap. thought about. It. Oh my gosh, let me tell Never you. Never thought about it. Um, by the time this airs, people will have already known, but we are actually um, Dave and I from Soapbox. We are traveling the country. I know. And we I know. are going to break records like we have never seen. We have got kids that are so excited <laughs> because, you know, excited about a bar of soap. 
And well, a big bottle, a big bottle of soap, right? The largest bottle of soap. What is that? And so next hey. next year when you guys do this, there's going to be a book for every kid. I'm gonna I'm working on something. One of my projects because I know how impactful my story of success and failure and the road that these kids are traveling. I go, wow! If they if they could read one book to go, you know what? Maybe I can. Maybe, maybe because boy, they don't think they can. Yeah, you know maybe that. I can. Maybe I can. You know, we're gonna leave it with that. The last word, because there's something I always talk about all the time. What's the last word for me? You can. It's not a maybe. You can. You can. And I believe that with the right people lifting people up, just like with mm -hmm. your Casa Ron. By the way, real quick, I know my listeners and our viewers want to know: Do you still talk to Ron? He's passed away. Yeah, I found him years later. I found him years later. We reconnected. He was uh, in the yeah. He was in his late sixties when we reconnected. He was thrilled to know that the things that he did made a difference. And I was well into the Air Force. I had been in the Air Force for ten years actually when we reconnected. And uh, yeah, he he was he was thrilled to know. Unfortunately, him and we didn't talk about my martial arts instructor uh, Sensei Otto Johnson. They they both uh, passed away, but but they made a huge difference, not just for me, but for everyone else that I'm impacting. My goal, Rob, my goal 2021 is to impact in a positive way, one million people. So wow. every day, every day I wake up and I'm like, how can I spread goodness? How can I, what can I do to spread goodness? I don't care about the money. I'm, I'm cool. I'm good. I'm healthy. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I want the impact. I want people, just today, somebody sent me a message. Sensei Dave, what you just posted, I, I needed that. So it, you have no idea what that did to me. And I go, done today. I'm good. Done today. You're good. Hey, listen, <laughs> you can do it. Listen, everybody, thank you so much. Another amazing episode of Fostering Change. If you actually know someone who might want to be a guest, please email us at fosteringchange at comfortcases.org. And Dave, I will be talking to you again soon. Take care, my Absolutely. friend. Thank you. I would like to thank all of you for listening to the Fostering Change podcast. You can subscribe on all of your favorite podcast streaming platforms, including Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Make sure you follow Comfort Cases on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, and Twitter at Comfort Cases. Check out the Fostering Change blog at comfortcases.org. And I know some of you have a question. And I know some of you would love to be a guest. Please personally reach out to me at fosteringchange at comfortcases.org. That's fosteringchange at comfortcases.org. Then do me a big favor. Please help spread the word. Share this podcast. Share it with your friends and your family. Remember, I say this quite often. We're all part of the same community. And that community, it's not our zip code, but our human race. Let's all make a difference.